Living, Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach, including gambling, alcohol, drugs, prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further, further details, details, please, please see, see the Adveria Recovery website, www.adveria.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Dear thank you so much. Welcome to Recovery Hello, Now Radio. Recovery Now Let's Radio. Recover together. Brought to you by the Living Room and the Veriad. Persecution, you must fear. Win or lose, you've got to get your share. Got your mind set on a dream. You can get it. The world is missing now. Recovery Now Radio, coming to you from the Living Room Let's and our Veriad. Welcome to Recovery Now Radio, well, coming to you from the living room and our Ferryard. My name is Joe, and our guest today is Ian. Welcome, Ian. Together, um, I'm Hi, Julie, your you presenter, doing? and today I'm very well, thank you. How have you been? How are you? Hi, Julie. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Very kind. Every day is a good day to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Every day is a good day, and today is a different day because the music we're going to play today is music of your making. I think. Yes, it is, and I'm trying not to feel too. Egocentric chose, about that show because um, Adams, uh, originally I was asked to pick eight home, songs, but so I couldn't do that very easily. Pick eight songs from a recovery because I spent quite a bit of time in recovery track. recording yeah, um, original material, and that was very much around. So I thought if I'm going to be true to myself, then really these these are the songs that tell the story of my recovery. So. Fantastic. Well, should we get into your first song, which is called A New Beginning? Can you tell us when you were making this song, what was coming up for you? And then how I connected with that all in the title, really. You know, recovery is a new beginning. I forget, I'm just in the process of recording a song called Nothing Changes. Brackets open, if nothing changes, brackets closed. And uh, that uh, song reminded me of a new beginning when I first started coming because it was, it's exactly how it felt um, You know, when I got sober. Uh, I changed, I had to change, and that change created a new beginning, uh, and that's what it's been like ever since. So, yeah, it's very much a, a theme to my, to, my, to my life in sobriety. Fantastic. Let's have a listen. 
And that was a new Nobody beginning by Ian himself. You are listening to Recovery Now Radio. Exactly Let's recover together. Um, just to take but you back a little bit, Ian, um, we're, we're here talking about your alcoholism and your subsequent recovery today. But to go backwards a little bit, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you grew up? Yes, I grew up in Manchester. A few different places, but the Manchester I remember was a place called Stretford in Manchester, not far from Old Trafford. The football ground the and uh yeah it was it was a pretty colors, pretty you know, standard uh, uh safe sort of upbringing i had 
parents who you know had their quirks you know uh, but uh, they were nice people and they loved me and cared for me I, I, I don't have any stories of, of, of a broken childhood but uh, one thing I do remember is alcohol was always around the house uh, my dad was a regular drinker but I never once in my life ever saw my father drunk um, my mom liked to drink um, but again um, I can never recall seeing our of them out of the game so but it was always around first record so yeah, sure. uh, yeah um, Bruce Springsteen so when was your first experience with alcohol would that be in your teens well first of all it's like it's Bruce Springsteen arguably so, you know, it was probably uh, when I was about two his, because uh, it was a little northern English well, <laughs> a northern English habit really uh, of, uh, when you're teething uh, they would, they would in terms put um, again, gin that on, on your teeth and my mum did that inside your head thinking for a second that was going to turn me into an alcohol it was something about resilience times when you're losing everything that my dad was a musician and he used going. to come back from playing in the local uh, social club yeah finished at half 10 be home by 11 and he'd always have a couple of beers uh, bottles of beer before he went to his bed uh, and he'd leave some of them and even at the age of six or seven um i would get up probably the first one up in the morning and i would drink that and my mum would see me do it and she'd say oh god how can you do that that's disgusting and I'm, you know i can't say that i got some anything miraculous out of it uh, but i just remember doing this and it wasn't a one-off you know, there was something that attracted me to picking up that beer that said, oh god I think about it now I feel sick but uh, you know I did it's what I did and um, so we, that was technically supposed my first voluntary drink of alcohol at seven o'clock in the morning drinking my dad's leftovers lovely eh warm <laughs> nice and warm <laughs> But I guess drinking what your dad drinks is like must have seemed like something cool to do at that age. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. remember any thoughts, and there's no thought process. I taste. I don't remember it particularly tasting great, so it didn't get any wow factor from it. It was just something I did, an unusual thing for a child to do and to do repeatedly as well. It wasn't a one-off. And why I didn't not like that, I don't know because it must have tasted wild. But uh, I did that. But my first actual drink, drinking wasn't really until I was about probably I'm gonna make, like, 11 or 12 and it was drinking from my parents' uh, cabinet and finding something in there that I liked and uh, I tried a few things which were too strong, tasted too strong, didn't like whiskey, didn't like gin, uh, but then I found some sweet rum uh, and I remember that giving me a buzz and I'm, I can't have been much more older than 12. Thinking. Even when mum saw it, so much once and she said, I said oh, you really shouldn't be doing that. Uh, yeah. But I did, I did, and I, and I uh, remember liking the taste of it. But, uh, it was smooth, it was like alcohol pops of the day, I suppose. And you must have got that warm, fuzzy feeling from it for you to keep doing it, I guess. Exactly what I got from it. Yeah, I quite like the taste. In fact, no, I, I really like the taste. Once I've found something, I was lucky. I mean, if, if that whole drinks cabinet had tasted like being full of whiskey, who knows what would have happened? Mm. My path would have been slightly different. Uh, no, I'm sure I still would have ended up an alcoholic. I don't think that was enough to, to, to shape my life. Who knows? But uh, certainly, yeah, it gave me a fuzzy, warm feeling. I enjoyed that glow, glow. I remember being a glow. And, uh, and it tasted it, it, it nice. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, let's listen to your second track which is Gotta Let Go. When you were writing this, at what stage in, in your life were you thinking about? Uh, well, Gotta Let Go is probably, I'd say, roughly about two or three years um, into my sobriety. Uh, it's when I'd realised that I couldn't do alcohol. Um, I, I couldn't treat myself 
uh, with, with alcohol and I, I had accepted I was an alcoholic, I'd accepted that alcohol was an illness and that took a little while uh, to get over that feeling of alcohol being a weakness. Uh, that's what I thought it was and then I, I realised it was an illness, it was explained to me by, by people that you know, when you repeatedly for 37 years do something that is so immensely harmful, especially in the end when it's 24-7, uh, you know, how could you be anything else apart from ill? Yeah. <laughs> how can you not have an illness? And, and this was, you know, and, you know, this was letting go and just following the suggestions other people were making that they'd managed to stay sober and they were living happy lives. I had to let go of my... Um, preconceptions and had to let go of my own belief distorted belief that I could actually fix this myself when I had no evidence so in my past that was the boss, of Bruce ever doing that um, yeah, so yeah, it was acceptance really. this is my acceptance song really recovering our radio
a lot of people say, come with them, but I'm out of them. I'm always You gotta let go. You gotta let go. And that was Gotta Let Go by Ian Spine South again. In fact, all of today's songs are going to be by Ian. So um, I'll just announce the name of them, if that's okay by you, Ian. (laughs) I'm just delighted that you're happy to have my songs on here. As I say, yeah. I'm really, really think carefully about it because, you know, I just couldn't find other songs that I could relate to. Yeah, I could say, I remember Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind & Fire when I got drunk in the disco at 16, but I'm not so sure that I really want to remember songs that are that good in association with Blackout. I think you wrote it for These songs are about recovery and these songs are about today, you know, and uh, today's uh, important to me. Feeling you know, of what does it to say? Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. We live for the day, and he feels for that person. Feel. These um, songs are today for me. And, Can you remember a you know, time when alcohol was manageable for you at all? Yeah, it was a calculated it. unmanageability. Uh, I mean, I was drinking, I, my first blackout was when I was 15. And I remember it well because I was as sick as a dog the next day, and my mum came with a little smile saying, Oh, well, you won't be doing that again, will you? Did she know? Little did I know, because I said, no, no, I won't. <laughs> I don't think I touched alcohol for a month then. You know, I was 15 years old. Um, and, uh, but then a few weeks later, you know, back on back on the run again. And then I started to go to the pub at 15. Um, when I first got to the pub. And that was very manageable because I couldn't afford to get drunk. Um, but then I discovered at 16, I just got to parties. And that was a completely different turn up with a bottle of cider. I mean, I'm, I'm aging myself here a little bit. Uh, a a two-litre a, a two bottle of Strongbow, uh, or even uh, nobody will remember Party 7 Sierra apart from me, but the Party 7 was a uh, very English thing. I was living down in Milton Keynes at the time. That was like, you know, seven, seven pints in a tin of vile, disgusting beer. Take that. Well, stick it on the counter in the kitchen at the party and then just go and hoover up every other decent drink in there and drink to blackout. So I was drinking and driving on my little moped at 16, going to parties, sometimes not even invited, and drinking to blackout. It's quite wonderful. So yeah, manageable to a degree, but it started getting unmanageable soon. Yeah, tell me about that. When it started to get unmanageable, what things were you noticing? I think, really, it was a lot later in my life when, when the regular unmanageability. I mean, the, 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 the sporadic unmanageability started quite early, like stories like that. I mean, that's unmanageable in the sense of I went out, probably went out to get drunk, I mean, or knowing I was going to get drunk. Uh, and that was almost part of the excitement. I think the unmanageability really kicked in probably in the 30s and 40s, uh, when I started not to do things uh, that uh, I used to do. Regular things that I could, I could, I used to consider myself somebody who worked 
worked hard, play hard. That was the expression I used to use. And in the end, I'm afraid that working hard and playing hard didn't work for me anymore. It was all playing hard and it was working less. And things started to not quite go so well. And that's when I noticed it. But I would say probably a little relatively charmed life into my 30s. And did it affect your working life at all? Uh, yes, it did. As I say, I, uh, I've been an agency for quite a while, still have. Um, my solution to realising that things were... I was, I was still giving so it attention. Was, I still had pride and still had care in it, but uh, I was finding that I was, it was getting a little bit in the way of my drinking. And my, you know, and and so my solution to that, of course, wasn't so cut down the drinking. That was, um, it was uh, a real I had a, country song a, a manager, really, that was working well. with yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really strong. I've had enough of this, but I hadn't. It was just that I wanted more freedom to that That holding on for a drink until tea time during the week was, was just just driving me absolutely crazy and yeah suffering from but i think I, th I think everyone I has a trying to stay off the drink yeah. 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 Uh, that yeah. gave me the opportunity to not me not me at the moment handover, but, you know i think that, you know that that, top myself you know, the, so that was the start of 24 well let's talk about that a little more in a minute your next song is we are a miracle can you tell me about this one so you're at school yeah and the one thing i learned was that when i realized I couldn't do this on my own. Um, I sought out help from other people who had stopped drinking. Smoking a little bit with my friends uh, at parties or. I remember some of them describing uh, themselves and other people's miracles and I thought that was so pretentious. Miracles, come on now, you know. Wow, you've stopped drinking. Miracle, you know, give me a break. But then I listened to the stories and I realised, you know, some of the rock bottoms they had hit were worse than mine. You know, people people who had been on the streets and then, you know, found themselves, found a way of not drinking with the help of other people. I realised they couldn't do it themselves with help and with willing they can actually because turn their lives around well, the and I thought well yes you should be dead uh, I was going that, that, that way that, that you know, my blood pressure in the end was 192 over 117 and, and like a good alky I was I found a perfect solution for that really which felt, was cut down on my sugar and I was salt always just that was the sad. trick uh, yeah, exactly. I, when, and, uh, when I, when I was, I was, but uh, I was not the alcohol. That was that was that was never going to go. So uh, these people if, were absolutely inspirational to me, sad, and I realised that I you know like these these people was, were miracles. Someone, I'm a miracle. We're all miracles uh, um, because most of us, if we'd carried on the way we were going, would not be here today. So how can that not be miraculous? So this song is about miracles, and this is also a thank you song to all the people that were there to to help me and other people in my situation. It's a big thank you to people. What's going on? I just 
Yeah, yeah, really, really, really on it. It just, it just, it just grabbed me completely as if, as if, you know, just something outside of your control it just grabs you. There's a lot of people who understand. It's very, at the time when you use it, it's a very powerful feeling. But in the same sense, you're completely powerless as well. It should be impossible Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was We Are a Miracle. What a song, Ian. You're obviously a very talented songwriter. It comes from the heart, that's the beauty of it. Um, you learn to be true to yourself. Um, I used to write songs that I hoped would please other people. And yeah, sometimes they did, but uh, you know, people would change them a bit or make suggestions, and I would, I would go along with that. Uh, this is just, I, I, I said, this is the album I always wanted to write, uh, and it's just straight from the heart, from the first word to the last word, every note. Uh, I just worked with one producer, not ten. Uh, we went in the studio and uh, just, just whatever came out, we worked on and that was it. And it's been such, such a, an enjoyable, cathartic and also enjoyable process. Yeah, it sounds like you must have had a lot of fun doing it. 
yeah, and music wasn't always fun for me. You know, I used to, used to have other, other ambitions with music. It was always, you know, uh, charts chasing. Uh, that's an expression that actually makes me cringe now. But I mean, you know, chart chasing was something that uh, was supposedly the be all and end all. You know, you need to need to need to get your music out there. And this music is out there, but it's out there for anyone who cares to listen to it. The journey was enjoyable, and previously my journey was not so enjoyable in music. It's all about the end result. End result will be whatever the end result will be. Something like I'm really enjoying Greg. This year. I can see Greg here, uh, and, he's, and he's listening to the music and he's getting into it. And you know, it's uh, that to me is what this music is about. If one person likes it, jump on. And Greg, the producer in the background, is always jamming away. I'm always having to watch him dance. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> So taking you back a little bit now, when you were speaking about your work life, what happened when you stopped work or paused work for a while? Well, yeah, <laughs> I drank more. Um, so that and that's the when the, yeah, you know, then, then I didn't need to, I mean, I, ostensibly I did this because I had, quote, in inverted commas, all these other projects so I wanted to concentrate on, but they all one by one went by the wayside. You know, the time, I, I, did, I made a, a valiant effort, but the problem is the alcohol, yeah, my yeah, inner alcoholic, my Harry Houdini inside me here, Completely uh, alone. Was, was well was and truly rampant. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any job. So oh, then, all the freedom you've got, steal money, uh, you know, you, know, you, you don't. You have to wait till five o'clock you know, for your first drink. You know, during the week. Uh, week. And also, um, if you have a drink you know, first thing I, in the morning, steal the money settle you settle yourself. And for a while, that was a fantastic family. solution. I actually thought this is how um, sick an alcoholic mind I had. I actually thought that was great. Why didn't I do? Why didn't I do this years ago? All I had to do was take a drink, and that would have stopped hundreds of vomiting sessions. That would have stopped. The shakes, it would have stopped the anxiety because I, 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 an hour later from having my first drink, I couldn't always keep thing. the first drink And then I spent down. all my savings and that should have told well, me I was an alcoholic, but no, I didn't. I still had to carry on until maybe the second or third drink I could keep so I down. And about, hour, um, half an hour, an hour later, I'm thinking, gone. I feel great now. This is good. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and I've got a buzz on. Yeah, and then it got to a point then where... I was you know, sort of, and of course it, it, it people it dwindles, you know, the next you need hour to go to rehab work, and then you go into deep depression. So the so, yeah, counselling yeah, sessions uh, that's what affected me there, you know. Was, was just wasn't Did working. you feel um, that at some stage your drinking of alcohol made you function better, actually? Really, that I was... I always believed that, um, you know, being as a performer as well, that having a couple of drinks would make me better. And to be fair, to give myself um, the fair dues here, um, very, very rarely did I ever go on stage drunk. I mean, maybe three or four times in a career where I've I've performed live over 3,000 times. You know, the fact that uh, that so that's actually not bad. Uh, but in the end, uh, I used to do some fairly ho- really high profile gigs. Uh, in the end, I was looking so for gigs in you know, pubs um, that paid a quarter of what I could normally earn. Uh, and that part of the deal was that uh, I, I got accommodation. Yeah, it, provided, it makes you someone. And part of the deal was that never thought you would be, you know, you know when, I, I could when, have when I was a kid, well. I was thinking about that's oh, where when it went. That age, I'm going to be working with some fairly, fairly. Going to be living people have had number one hits to you know, going and, to working in a pub playing and then that was, for that a load was of drunks something because that was my that was my environment you know and it didn't matter if, a, if, if i was I, I was as drunk as the audience but that was okay because and they were very happens. drunk <laughs> so we all got to drunk really, we all got drunk together in a party if really hard on yourself those uh, but it was if you had recorded if i'd recorded any of those performances i would i would want them all scrapped from the world deleted yeah because they will not have been great 
hope nobody ever recorded one. To climb out. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. like quite so a demise, actually. But before we well, investigate so that further, let's play your next song, now. which is four hundred. No, that, that, that's in my world now. Yeah, what that's, that's the one. With this that's song. the one on now. Yeah. This yeah. was a little yeah. search for some so, spirituality so in the, the rehab, early days. Who, who I'm not religious, never have been, and I still am not religious. But you know, I believe. I've always believed in a higher power. For me, the higher power is the creator of the universe, and I've always had interest well, in religion just, uh, and I just thought when I first to get sober I always found a Sunday morning so a difficult we, we time spoke, so we got, the rest got of the week wasn't too bad Sunday morning always reminded me of that time I when I needed a drink more than anything else because certainly would have been a heavy sessions on the that, Friday and Saturday we the Sunday is one of those where you think I shouldn't really drink so I've now got sober and I'm now okay on the Sunday feeling physically fine but mentally I'm still thinking this is when I would normally normally want to go and have a drink so I thought I'll go and try well, something different. I'll go to my local church. Now, I didn't get anything religiously from it. I didn't, I didn't expect to, but I did quite like the environment. It was pleasant, a very nice little church, after that, which was, I think you've probably worked this one out now, 400 steps away from my house. I counted them, and there were 400. So I thought, I'll write a song about a church that had been there for 20 years and had never set foot inside. And, I still so have uh, contact. You, we set up a little um, self, a little help Bob group Dylan, there. Um, you know, so well, they were very good to us as well. Other alcoholics um, we got together feel about, uh, in the church about sometimes. So, so yeah, there's a connection there. It's not. It's about, not a religious um, one. Uh, it's a spiritual connection. And the song is about that away, church uh, having been there for 20 years, for only 400 steps away, but had never, never crossed its threshold. Looking back at the way I, I.
was 400 steps you're listening to recovery now radio let's recover together ian i noticed one of the lyrics in that song was my eyes were open but i couldn't see how apt is that because i often feel in my recovery that it's like having a new pair of glasses on how do you feel <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i couldn't couldn't put it any better myself it is everything is clear now uh, and the frustrating thing is it should have been clear because it's so obvious uh, but it's you know yeah you, you, you hear people say well it's an illness that tells you you've not got the illness and when i first heard that again you know i was very cynical in the beginning i thought the, oh, these were all very trite comments but it's so true uh you know actually and i mentioned all harry houdini inside me saying you're okay you can take a drink you'll be fine just have the one it'll be all right you know and that's a constant voice that i always had all the way through my drinking, even when I tried to stop or I tried to cut it down, I always had that voice. So yeah, now all of a sudden I can see more clearly. I can see what the illness was. I can see I am a one in 16. Uh, if the if the if the World Health Organization figures are accurate, and why wouldn't they be? I do suffer from Bob alcohol Dylan, dependency, and Gosh, that at was least a very you know, deep, I very have a solution I today, which I certainly didn't yeah. have when yeah, I was yeah. drinking. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's um, yeah. you know, the, glasses, the new pair of glasses, absolutely, Joe. Yeah. Going back to some of your um, darker moments you know, then, could you then describe you some of the consequences of your drinking? The, the dark side of my, my drinking uh, really, really kicked in when it became 24-7. You know, and Dylan, I started like, losing friends, losing people that mattered to me. They had to, they had to abandon me because I just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't decent to be around. You know, And these were people who liked to drink as well. But by the time we met up six, seven o'clock at night to go out, for a night out I was already drunk inevitably and I was can't used to be the life and soul of the party I'm oh, a yeah. cheery sort of guy for a <laughs> while but whether, I wasn't you know, anymore I was just, I was just a pain in the backside so, yeah, so yeah. I, my solution I, I to that was playing, to, to drink um, on my own when nobody could get at me not be nagged but then you know it was very very solitary and then from that then I got to the stage where I didn't actually even even want to live I'm, I'm uh, that and that's a, while, a horrible but, thing to have you know, to say at the time, I remember very, thinking because you know, it was, it was, it was a connection a god i didn't even believe in you know sadness, saying, oh god but without using the drugs you know or, please or take me take me from this you know was, don't let me wake experience. up tomorrow um, so. because life for other people will be better without me yeah yeah, yeah maybe exactly, they'll be a bit yeah, sad yeah, for a while but they'll get over it so and they can get on you, with their lives without rehab, me being how, in it how, how and that, that will be a better result for them for it's a horrible yeah thing, it was you know? I, I went twice. today i feel really today i don't feel like that today I'm, I'm the opposite because I, yeah, I just want to i want to live forever because i'm enjoying life too much you know i want this to carry on you know after a bit longer almost almost six years since i gave up alcohol and i just want this to continue because it's such a great life and I well, cannot now little, almost things, can't believe sort of having of having that thought. But it was a it was a, a regular thought I had. And, uh, so you know, yeah, very dark. I was forced very to deal dark. with that. Yeah. Without so any speaking of, of dark um, times, then let's introduce your next the song, next, which like, is Round and Round. Tell us a little bit about um, it. And it was really, it was really Yeah, difficult. this and is I, I didn't want to put this on the album. I wanted the album full of the sort of songs you just heard. Upbeat, happy, celebratory. But I thought I need to be true to myself. You know, I try to be as as vigorously honest with myself and everyone else in this world nowadays so uh, how can I put out an album that doesn't reflect uh, some of the other times I wrote this song um, shortly before 
before I got sober. Round and round. And it's round and round, down and down. You know, it's that sort of round and round. It's a descending round and round. The, the it, it was inspired by my cocker spaniel, bizarrely. Uh, she was near the end of her life uh, and she, she had dementia and uh, she would just sometimes just walk around in circles. And I remember uh, I wrote it in a little place called Cullen in Scotland, which is uh, a northeast coast. Uh, looking out, uh, my friends had all gone to the beds. I was carrying on uh, drinking two, three in the morning, had my guitar, looking out. I could see a little boat floating up and down on the on the on the sea and my dog you know going round and round and, and the song started off the first two or three verses are about um, a dog it is, is on it its way out <laughs> the last and and it it, it, it no morphs into my life what was going so on. it goes from dog dog to human during the during the song and i didn't i found this a very hard song to record but i felt i had to do it uh, and it wasn't easy at all, but they were, they were, it's you know, it's a part of my life. And, and was that the you know, turning point uh, then? Of hopefully, it's, hopefully it won't we'll come back to like that ever again. Was, was that but it here it is. Yeah, I think that was rock bottom. I remember, you know, walking and I'd met um, some guys who were on the streets, and, um, and I remember then my my, my nephew was born. And the time that he was born, round yeah. and round and so round, round and go. round and round, round and round. Round and round in circles is the life that I live now. Down and down, still round and round I go. I was still a little bit in the decreasing circles. Round and round I go. Sorry about everything. Where was I this morning? Where am I now? I just couldn't be, you know, let's not talk about it now. Yet I'm still here somehow. I met him and, uh, you know, instantly sort of, you know, they can't take that away. Living, breathing, coexisting in my special way. When I'm taken on a path, or if I take the way. I remember their feeling. Sometimes I can take control when I feel the need. I may not head the right way, and I may not make it home. But through it all, I know that I will never be alone. How we treated you, sir. That, 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 that began the system round and round has always been there because it's been around the people in circles you know, like is the life that I live now down and up or up and down still kids, round and I've, round I've always had that round because I was so lost round and in, round you know, I go I can't get direction like you know, there's that light somewhere, but you just, just can't really make Never out the way out to it. To it's always been like there, always been there. That that, that's the point then, when I realise that's myself. It's, it's not the, the bad things I feel about myself, it's the love that I give to everybody. I've even started to feel myself. People think my life is full, but watching it sail past on a river on the sea, it seems it's floating by so fast. Looking back, reaching forward has become the 
This one, I think, comes in to the point of my life where resilience, uh, I think, at the end, it talks about when you how, feel that you know, special bond when no one can explain nothing done for profit and nothing done for gain we can feel so close to time but sometimes seem so far little explanation like a distant memoir round and round and round I go Round and round I go Round and round in circles Is the life that I live now Down and up or Up and down Still round and round I go In decreasing circles Round and round I go to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together, and that was Round and Round. What a beautiful song. Um, it was quite sad as well, but beautiful at the same time. And it makes me think of the depression that descends on you when uh, you're in the throes of alcoholism. Was this a particular depressing time for you? That was, yeah, that really was. Um, it was so frustrating because I didn't want to be like that. Uh, I'm glad that I've got that song because it's one I should always um, listen to every now and then just to remind me. I mean, I don't need to be reminded. I do remember, but it won't ever do me any harm to remember that, even that moment, uh, because, you know, I just didn't fit in with anything there. You know, I didn't even fit in with, with the friends around me and with my whole situation. I felt, I felt very lonely, I felt very alone, you know, in the world. Uh, fortunately, it's not like that today. So. Brilliant. So that's our, that's well, our moment of reflection. <laughs> it is. And, and talking of that then, what changed? Can you tell me what happened when you first found recovery? When I first found recovery, I, I, re- I got hope. That was, that was, I got hope. I started listening to people for the first time. And I, so started, I started associating with other people uh, who had also decided not to drink. Uh, and that was the big, the big thing because I started to hear other people talk about their lives in the same way that my life was. I got identification for the first time ever, and I didn't feel so alone. Uh, and also, I got hope. You know, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd listened to somebody who was a month, month sober. And I think I can do that. I've never been more than nine days sober in my life. You know, but uh, I could. I, well, I started drinking. Obviously, I was as a child, but apart from that, I've never done nine days in 37 years more than nine days so 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 when i heard somebody be a month sober i thought well okay well they can do it maybe i can sometimes i'd hear somebody say i've been sober 20 years and i mean i didn't believe that for one minute i think obviously they they, they weren't including christmas (laughs) new year or holidays you know but i mean you know then when i got to speak to them a bit more i said are you serious about that yeah not touched a drop of alcohol in 20 years otherwise i'd tell you you know wow really okay and and you can actually live without alcohol 20 years Sounds, sounds awfully boring to me, but actually no. Lived a life beyond life beyond my wildest dreams. Well, I can't imagine that being a life beyond my wildest dreams. But hey ho, I know I know I need to stop drinking, and I did stop drinking. And um, 
you know, they were very wise to me as well. Don't, don't set massive targets. Don't say I'm going to not drink for the rest of my life. You know, it's too unachievable. Set set some bite-sized targets, very bite-sized. Uh, so um, so I did that, and that worked well for me. And it's worked well for me ever since. Yeah, hope hope is that what I got from associating myself with other people and moving away from my exit, from my my drinking scenario into a sobriety scenario. Yeah, to go from a, a life of complete isolation and despair um, to go to one that has some hope in it is massive. I remember not having any hope in my life and when you haven't got hope there just doesn't seem any point in anything. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I was, well, I mean I wanted to die so you can't get much, I can't have much less hope than that can you? And mm. I just didn't want to be here. I didn't think I had any purpose in that. I mean today is a different story of lots of purpose and we all have purpose. It's just sometimes we we reach a, reach a rock bottom. Everybody, I think, has to reach a particular type of rock bottom to really feel it. It doesn't matter what that rock bottom is. It could be sleeping on the streets, or it could be, I know somebody who had uh, told me that story about they, they ruined, uh, she ruined her daughter's wedding by getting drunk, and that okay, was that her was rock red bottom. Hot chili peppers uh, her last and wet ever sand. drink was a You're glass of Cristal, and I also know somebody who spent seven years living, living on a park bench. It doesn't matter, it's whatever so, your rock bottom is. Mine was bad enough. There's some worse there, than mine, and, and, and some I love this not part quite so dramatic. For me, it was enough enough, and I'm very lucky to have found a solution, which was abstinence. You know, that's the key to it for me, Joe. It's just, you know, not thinking, and that's one thing I'd say to anybody who's got serious drink issues. You know, you have to put the drink Yeah, so... You can't kid yourself that you can go back to any sensible drinking. To go with the kind of the steam I don't know anyone who is an alcoholic or has a very, very serious drink issue or maybe doesn't actually call himself an alcoholic. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. You can't have two my anger to make me better the cork back in the bottle you know making on a regular basis well, you've got I an remember, issue that you need to um, do when when I went my, back for me it's for me it was abstinence i just alcohol plays no part in my life today the kids and in the work and I said that. It's so I was amazing able to, to, to go home and the guy told me, well, you are and that's something I really should have called with me. So and, um, I, thought, I just want to take you into your next song before we discuss oh, yes. what so life has been like in recovery for you. And the next song seems quite apt again. I'm free. What can I say? It does what it says on the tin, Joe. Tell me about this song a little bit. It's about being free. You did ask. That's it. End of story. It's about you know, being free, and and you know, this this is sorry. I'm I'm being point, deliberately uh, facetious there because it literally is uh, all um, about being free, and, and, and so it's that, the most self-explanatory song of all of them. Um, really, it's that feeling, that joyousness of of just being free from the shackles of alcohol. You know, that's that's it really. When you hear the words of the song, it's not it's not a complicated song. Let's have a listen then. You are ill. You know, that realisation is an illness. I mean, I, I, I never felt I was ill, you know, but I, I just thought I'd actually be an alcoholic you know. That, that really stayed with me because it, I think that's the first point where, as you said, I just always saw myself as an addict. So I, guess that's, I always saw it as that was my fault because I can't see. As he sat me down, he sat right next How to me, right next to me, and he said that, and I was thinking, that he was accepting that he was going to be in, like that. I was going to be in, like that. I was going to be in, like that. I was going to be in, like that. 
weren't trying to see Bob from that, but sort of accepted it sort of myself. It was, it, was, it was different and um, it, it was massive. I, 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 I would have got to see a doubt like Because what we It's about Let's recover together, 20, 30, and that was I'm free. I love that track, Ian. You know, but, but, really, you know, it beats. The, the brain, I wanted to ask you, actually, needs, with the title of that track being "I'm Free," yeah, how have you that, found, found your said, music making since getting sober? If you just oh, keep doing just it, an why is it your eventually? I mean, what a what a gift! And I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, I'll just into music. Not everybody can do that. Truly great gratitude plays a massive part in my life today. Uh, and you know, I have a I little, to be little chat with my old higher power every morning and every night, you know, and I never forget to say thanks for giving me the music. I know it sounds a bit corny, but and, it's so um, true. I mean, I'm able to the, to be able to put my thoughts. Some people write books, some people just that, share with other you know, people. It doesn't matter how you do it, getting your message across. But I'm very lucky I can get a message across where hopefully other people will identify with it. And that's all I want to happen. This is not about the money. Money is not that important. Uh, enough is okay, important, well, we'll but any more than that is, is a bonus. So, um, uh, it's not Ryan important. Adams What's important is other people hearing Ryan songs Adams and bopping about. And, uh, uh, I can see again. Uh, I can see uh, Greg uh, there. The one you know, I this is a bit getting into the music. That for me is really. Or you saying I really like that song or I like those words, and that's what it's about for me. It's my particular way sharing it. So yeah, it's joyful to be able to do it. Absolutely, absolutely joyful. And 
myself. Going back to your early recovery, track, say the first you know, two or three years, could you talk us through yeah, that, that period and what things changed for you? Everything changed. I mean, literally everything. A key moment was after one year, and I think people were giving me a year, friends. Friends came back into my life, and all of a sudden, nine months to a year, and particularly that year because people thought, Okay, well, maybe he's serious. We've heard all the promises before. I'm going to cut drinking out. I'm going to cut down the drinking. I'm going to be sensible. I'm not going to make a fool of you. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Heard it all before. I think on this particular occasion, people thought, well, hang on a sec. He's actually been away from alcohol for a year now. Maybe we ought to give him a chance. I found myself getting back invited to people's houses who hadn't invited me for years. People had kids um, who, um, you know, maybe didn't really want... As, as friendly as I was, you know, Uncle Ian. I didn't really want drunken Uncle Ian around too much. They wanted fun Uncle Ian around, not drunken Uncle Ian. Uh, and all of a sudden I found myself, you know, um, people saying, you know, welcome back to our lives. You know, we're so pleased to have you back. And we're really pleased for me. And so, so that changed. And people, people started to respect the fact that I wasn't drinking anymore. I could, you know, I could also emphasize to them, you know, they, I really wanted people to carry on the way they were, and if they wanted to have a glass of wine, I wanted them to have a glass of wine. I lost the craving for alcohol about two weeks into my sobriety. I'm very lucky, not everyone gets as lucky as that. But I realized I wanted something else in my life, and I started to really have a zest for life, and I realized there was a life after alcohol which was going to be a lot better than the life without Even the good times in alcohol were pretty boring, Joe, you know? We've all yeah. been there, you know, spending hours in the pub, we're thinking, having a great time, talking crap, you know, and doing this <laughs> nonsense, you know? You think it's great, but actually it's pretty monotonous. When you hear people doing it now, you know, it just, it doesn't, it has no appeal. Well, for me, anyway, it has no appeal. <laughs> no, not at all. I completely agree. Your next song is You Can't Win Them All. That sounds interesting. Tell me about this one. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those crazy things. This is an old song, actually. Um, I, I, I dug this back up from probably the good days when I, when, when I was... We talked about manageability earlier on. I was reasonably managing stuff. And I used to play America, American nine-ball pool. It was a big hobby of mine. Although in the end, it was like drinking was the hobby and the game of pool broke out so at was, some stage um, during the drinking. The <laughs> but it was, and I used to travel and I used so to play, um, you know, played, played at a reasonably reasonable level. And I loved the game. I was in New Orleans in 97 and and, 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 and they made me play American Namble Pool and I fell in love with it. Better than the pub pool I was playing in Britain. And I came back and I really enjoyed it. And I decided in my wisdom, I was going to open my own pool hall. Yes, exactly. This ranks as the number one uh, worst decision uh, of, apart from picking <laughs> so up that so first drink uh, when I was 12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolute yeah. disaster. Yeah, I mean, it was okay, but it just nothing worked the way it was, you know. And, uh, and this song strength. is all about, and it's much well, at least I tried, you know, at least I tried. I did it. I lost my shirt. And I had some great times, but, you know, at a cost, physically and financially. So all I could say was, well, Bible, I'm glad says, I tried it. It's better to try it, and it, fail. Sometimes there, miserably, you know, and never to try it at all. And at least so, I tried. And I, I can look back at it now. That I was it didn't bankrupt me. It just just dented me for a while. But uh, nobody died. Uh, so this song's all about get out there, give it a go. What have you got to lose? Loads, actually. But it's okay. But maybe a little bit of ego. Humongous amount of ego. Oh, absolutely, Joe. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, I'm more than anything. One day at a time. One day at a time. 
Victoria Falls. You can walk down a dark canal. His birthday was without sight. You can fly to the moon in a big balloon and pass right through the sky. But I'd like to tell you one thing. That's it. That's it. That's 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 he's he's my he's my chip. I get for you. He's my chip. I I I I get you before you know it. That's the show. And I just have, sorry, I have to mention this. Greg had a a little flyer up in the studio then. Uh, Saying fanboy. I think he's a fan of yours, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) For for anybody who ever comes onto this interview, this is a joy because, I mean, you're lovely, Joe. We've met each other before and, you know, I knew you were lovely already, but I mean, Greg met for the first time. Well, you have got one more. 
so called Joyce. He puts some little messages sort of into the window say, yeah, there and it just makes you, you smile so, and laugh. Um, He's obviously into yeah, his music thank you as well. To all the listeners. Which is just um, please, fantastic. Please keep on you know, listening. So, yeah. um, we need your Saying support. nice things, fortunately. What I want to know now, Ian, is what does life look like for you now? Life is great because I like to keep things simple. I remember somebody had a great influence on me when I first came to into into recovery uh, always um, used to say to me you know, Ian keep it simple and I didn't always really keep it simple in the beginning but life is simple now enjoy the simple things in life so you know it's uh, about, so more than anything and, uh, else is enjoying the simple well, things in to, uh, life being able to go for a walk and and walk down by the river and look at the docks and the dogs running around a sunny day and the river flowing and trees and plants and it sounds really hippie does it but it is things like that most important to me you know, uh, and you to be can, able to in a musical form is can, write my music let the, I mean the, uh, the song you heard earlier on uh, I'm Free is actually from uh, a new album I'm recording the second gets, album you know and you know, as is um, the, the last song don't here make it, I can continue to write music Hopefully, for as long as I stay sober, <laughs> and as long as I'm, as long as I'm, I don't shuffle off this mortal coil. I can just keep on doing this. You know, I, I feel younger than I ever have mentally. You know, I'm, I'm just a kid again, really. Um, it's made me the, the one I was meant to be. Uh, sobriety, you know. Yeah, and before we play that song, the one I was meant to be, actually, that is your last song. I wanted to ask you as well about your aspirations in life now what's next for you what's on the horizon well i've got a higher power that will decide that and that's just a wonderful thing you know when when you played gotta let go it's all about uh, turning it over a little bit and just saying well okay you know I've, I've been in control of aspects of my life and i've not done very well with it so perhaps just feeling a part of the universe uh, feeling part of creation um, I am a minuscule, minuscule little drop in the ocean, but at the end of the day, I'm still a drop in the ocean. I've been put, in, put on this planet for some reason. No idea what it is, Joe, but certainly I think it has to involve music, I think. So that's why I keep doing and try to help other people. I mean, um, I, I, don't want, I want other people to know that if you've got a problem with alcohol, there is a solution. Whatever that solution is for me, it's just telling people that they need to put the drink down and don't try and juggle that with other stuff. In other words, just you know, try a life of taking alcohol completely out of life. And I spend a lot of time talking to people uh, in various help groups and, uh, and uh, on a one-to-one -one individual basis. Uh, a lot of people have come to me in the last five, six years and asked me to, to, to help them. I do that as much as I can just by saying, well, this is what I do. You know, I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell anyone what to do. I just say, well, this is, this is what works for me. Uh, and I'm quite a cheery sort of bloke, you know, so I think people think, well, okay, well, if he's quite cheery, perhaps I'd like to be as cheery as him. You know, perhaps I'm yeah. over cheery sometimes and that can be a bit off-putting as well. You know? A bit too uh, <laughs> over the top sometimes, but, you know, I am. I can't, I can't be anything. I'm joyous, happy, free. Um, I'm just delighted to be alive and uh, who knows what's in the future and that's a wonderful position to be in of course yeah absolutely and before we play your last song I want to thank the listeners for listening in I want to thank the living room and our barrier who have helped us put this project together and most of all I would like to thank you Ian it's been such a privilege getting to know you more and uh, you said you were a drop in the ocean, but to me that makes you the ocean as well. We are one and part of it all, aren't we? Yes, um, I, I feel I belong to the human race now. It's, 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 it's a nice place to be. 
Well, let's listen to your last song now, the one I was meant to be. I'm really looking forward to this one. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, this is going to go on the second album, uh, which uh, have uh, the title. I'm eight songs into it. Um, aim to have another 12 songs on this one and uh, yeah this is quite simply uh, going back to what I believe I was put on this planet to be uh, hopefully a good person I try my best to be as good a person I try to do the next right thing whenever I can I uh, don't always get it right but I do my best and I, I actually genuinely know that I do try my best and it's not just words and you know this is this is me being this is me being that 12 year old kid my dad used to have to come and drag away from the football pitch at nine o'clock at night when it was going dark and say, home. You know, when yeah. I just remember that he woke up in the morning and life was joyous and he couldn't wait to meet your mates and kick a ball around and go places and, and just be happy. And that's, that's kind of where I am now. Uh, I, I wasn't meant to be considering suicidal thoughts. I wasn't meant to be um, feeling um, waves of depression. Uh, I wasn't meant to feel useless. None of us were. Uh, I don't today anyway so far so good uh, and if I keep doing what I'm doing hopefully I'll get uh, another day or two out of this as well that's what I hope and this song is basically I believe I am now the one I was meant to be and this is for everybody because we can all do this this is not exclusive to me or anyone this is available to anybody who has a problem with um, without any addiction whatsoever absolutely a new zest for life let's have a listen not in vain You are creation You're one of mankind When you feel so bad The things that make you sad Will pass in time No one promise you happiness No one promise you of a perfect life just a chance that you can be free and the freedom that it brings the freedom and opportunity to be the one you were meant to be
Free.